Hey, y'all. Welcome to the People Purpose Podcast, the show that explores all the ins and outs and challenges, opportunities that HR people managers and all people face at work every day. I am one of your hosts, Chas Fields, and I am joined by my friend and lovely person next to me. (laughs) Go ahead. Jules. I'm truly Devlin. Thank you, Chaz. <laughs> I guess you're not next to me since we're doing this virtually. No, but, but I am know. sort of next to you. Like if we look at the, the yeah, computer the monitor. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Julie, <laughs> hey, here's the deal. Uh, I'm going to go first. I'm going to tell people what made me smile today. Okay. Uh, after the first, I don't even know how long it was, 18 months, something like that, where you and I got to present together to yeah. a live audience in one of our most requested speeches this year. Um, and I'll be honest, we, we had a good time. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was a little, I'll be honest too. It was a little bit weird for me. Like just, it's like, okay, we're not in front of a computer. We're, yeah. we're actually speaking, standing and speaking to right. an audience of real live people who don't have to put themselves on mute. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> and we get to read the audience and not a chat room or, right. or live Q and a, right. It was, it was really special. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was really good. And, you know, obviously we're going to be doing a lot more of that moving forward. Uh, there's so many HR conferences that are back to being in person, which is great because of all the discussion we can have as a profession yeah. and, um, the networking it's, it's just, it's really nice. It's it really nice. It was a lot of fun. It so, was a lot of fun. Uh, some would say it was very authentic, which leads us into <laughs> our business stat of the day. Look, I did it. Your segue, right? There's your segue. Yeah. So recent research by the Workplace Peace Institute, not to be confused with the Workplace <laughs> Institute here at UKG, found that employees working remotely during the pandemic reported a 40% increase in authenticity compared to a 30% decrease reported by in-office employees. Wow. First thoughts, Jules? All right. So my first thoughts are, while that's troubling, it's not surprising. And here's right. why, here's why I say that. Obviously, if you're working remotely, uh, you're going to have, to, you're almost going to be forced to be more authentic. You're almost going to be forced Ooh. to okay. be more of yourself. One, you're not in an office setting where, you know, we think about workplace norms. We think about, um, just office, uh, etiquette, if you will, when we're at home, at least me, I, I don't really think about those things, right? So right. I mean, we're, we're in we're in the diff when we're in our own environment. I think we're going to be more authentic in general. Now, why would there be a thirty percent decrease reported by in office employees during the pandemic? One, I think that in office employees probably weren't as comfortable as they once were being at work. So point. yeah, so they felt they probably reported they couldn't be authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that just what I mentioned before, just having to adhere to norms, office norms, workplace yeah. norms, and that kind of thing um, yeah. would 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 uh, lead somebody to say, yeah, I, I wasn't able to be my authentic self. I had to sort of put on a, a, a front. So. Yeah. So you're taking it from the approach of of the subconscious <laughs> level. Like it's, it's like when you walk through your door at home, it's immediate. Okay. I can kick off my shoes. I, you know, I can sit down, have a drink, watch of TV, water, of water. Water, whatever, yeah. whatever it is, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Right. So I, I see where you're 
coming from with that? Because there does, you know, when you go to the office, there is a sense of protocol or etiquette, you know, whatever that looks like. But I will say, Julie, like this stat really does bother me. Um, And, and what bothers me about it is, is HR is doing a lot of good work on, you know, helping employees bring their whole selves to work. And I I think authenticity is going to be that critical element. Like if you can't be yourself, then, then who are you being right? Maybe that's the, the bigger question, but uh, you know, we, we think about dress codes that are really being challenged right now. We think about, you know, meeting rooms and, and office space and all of those different things that, you know, really leave us a lot of question to say, what are we, what are we going to do as a business moving forward to allow authenticity or people to feel authentic in, yeah, in but a you work know, you think about, think about, yeah, totally just interrupted you, but think about That's things right. like even like, <laughs> think about things, even like handshakes, right? right? I mean, wait, so, so me, I love the high five, right? I love to come up and give a fist pump, you know, that's, that's me being authentic. That's right. me being myself. Sure. Me having to hold back from doing like that, something like that. Hmm. People can see through it when you're hesitant. hundred percent. Right. hundred percent. You know? Yeah. So, so I, I mean, I think that this is a really interesting stat and something yeah. that, something that we should probably keep a pulse on, uh, sure. moving forward and, yeah, I think we could also take it to, I would love to see this in, in high context and low context cultures and how this stat would be, you know, varying amongst each of those within an, uh, in an office environment, right? I think that would be super, super cool to think about, you know, hey, how does your organization deal with this in a different part of the world than what we may experience here in the United States? So, yeah. And, uh, and also, you know, how does, how does the, the ability to be authentic or inauthentic affect performance, which, Hey, what a segue. <laughs> I think this is your topic, Julie, performance reviews. Okay? Yeah. We're going to talk about performance reviews today. And I kid you not, Julie, last night I was dreaming about this. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it's so, yeah, right. Like, it's so weird that I would do that. But um, for whatever reason, in the dream, I had this moment of I can literally hear people as they're listening in going, oh. It's that time again, right? (laughs) And that's what we need to debunk a little bit, right? But what I wanted to do today, Julie, is uh, as we've talked about, we want to challenge a few things when it comes to performance reviews and really offer up some advice and tactics that... Uh, really the the listeners can take and utilize today. So um, I'm going to open it with this to our listeners. What is your performance review philosophy? Okay. I don't, don't want to get too deep here, Julie. Wait, as a company or as personal? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a great question, right? Yeah. So, so these are the things that, that we need to ask, right? So what what's your philosophy on performance reviews? Do you even like performance reviews? You know, if not, why are we writing these things down? Um, do your employees like performance reviews? I think we 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 automatically go to well, we have to do them, and I know we'll talk a little bit about that here in a few minutes. But you know, this is where I think uh, it, most companies miss a piece of culture development. And they do that just because they do performance reviews just because they're supposed to. And that's what everybody else does. And and that's where I really, really struggle because a huge piece of, of culture development is we're going to give you expectations, clear expectations within your, you know, your job description, within your duties, within your responsibilities, and also measure against those. So you have the ability 
to grow, right? And and the reality of it is performance reviews, really the why behind it is, is we need to emphasize to our employees, it's about your future, the employee's future, you as a leader, it's about your future. And that's why we do it, which ties back into that culture piece. What do you think? Yeah, a lot of times people just, a lot of times employees on the receiving end of the review, they don't see it that way. They see no. it as a black, white, good, and bad. That's how they see it. There's no gray area in the middle, right? <clears throat> Meanwhile, if we as HR, as people managers, if we allowed, um, if we allowed conversations mm-hmm. to, to happen where we were like, this is what we want to get out of your performance view. This is what I'd like you to learn. This, you know, this isn't about you being good or bad. This is about how we can help you grow. It's about right. how we can help you help move forward in the organization mm-hmm. um, or in your career. Yeah, that's that's really good, Jules. Now, let me ask you this. Let's talk about timing, okay? So we've established okay. philosophy. Let's let's talk a little bit about timing. When is the best time to give a performance review? And and let me let me pause you before you answer. I think a lot of people will say immediately the typical eh, it's it's annual or it's semi-annual. Julie, when's the best time to <laughs> to give a performance review? Uh the best time is yes, you should give a performance review. Um, no, in, in all seriousness, Chaz, there's a lot of layers to that answer. Right. And so much of it's going to depend on the size of the company, the role of the person, the, the kind of job that, you know, the kind of output that the job requires or doesn't require, um, the level of the person and the company. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a million different things, but here's what I will say. While there, while for your culture, there may be a specific, uh, time frame that you use for right. your company, just doing a performance review is the most important thing. Here, here's why I say that because Chaz, I've worked with a lot of companies that will tell me, oh yeah, performance reviews. It's kind of like an afterthought or like they just sort of push it to the side and they're yeah. like, yeah, we're going to get to those. We're going to get there. We're just not quite there yet. Or we don't have our managers on a regular cadence of doing these yet. Um, or we tell our managers to do them once, uh, once a quarter or once a, once a year, but we don't really have a way to track that. So what mm. I find, what yeah, what I find is the uh, the organizations that actually have a good uh, tracking system, a good uh, HCM system <laughs> to, sure. to to track performance reviews and not just track the reviews, but have a way that employees can access them at any point so they can see their goals, they can see what was said. Mm -hmm. Um, I found that those organizations are much more successful. Now, it's really, really important (laughs) that we do these reviews for a number of of reasons. Right. The first, I would say, is uh, because this new generation of employees and even the millennials, they expect to have reviews. Facts. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they they want they want to know how they're doing, and not only that, they want to know how what they're doing impacts the company. That's right. Um, what is the why? The why behind the do right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So I I would say that's that's definitely uh, definitely important to to simply make sure that you're doing them and that there is some meaning behind them. Now. A lot of companies no longer utilize the performance review to uh, tie to compensation. You know, some companies do, um, right. but there's a lot of companies that don't. I think that 
we're moving in a direction where they're tied more towards skill development. And yeah. if we look at it from a organizational standpoint, uh-huh. they're tied more towards uh, upskilling and really preparing for the future. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, it's interesting. Cause I, I think about the timing piece. Yes. You have to do put a, uh, you have to put a time frame around when you're going to do the reviews. Like there's a set time when you log into your system or you're doing what you say to track whatever that information is. But I am actually in the boat being a millennial of the warm touches in between, like nothing should come as a shock to mm-hmm. me in my performance review because I I'm having consistent conversations with my manager. I'm having right. consistent conversations with my peers. I personally am looking at my performance in whatever job I'm in or having access to, to the data that I'm allowed to have access to so I can measure. Maybe that's the competitive side in me. I don't know, but the, the reality of it is feedback is good and we crave that, or at least I crave that because there's this, there's this sense of constant improvement that I, that I always want to be doing for myself, for the organization, for my team members. And and I just care. And I think all of this really boils down to this is where uh, it, it managers and leaders can really eliminate the ugh, performance reviews, not again, by having those consistent one-on-ones, those team meetings. So when we get to review time, it, it can be short, sweet to the point and say, hey, look, if I'm a manager, here's what your future could hold. Congratulations on what you've accomplished. Let's talk a little bit more about what you want to do. And, and more importantly, Julie, uh, and I know you're going to touch on this, is, is where, where can I develop? Yeah, but also, how do we get managers? How do we in HR, how do we get managers to not see performance reviews as a chore? And how do we get them, how do we get them to see that performance reviews are actually something that can really be utilized as a tool to help grow teams, to help grow individuals, to mm-hmm. help with retention, to help with mm-hmm. recruitment. I mean, there's a there's just a lot to unpack, and and, and we certainly don't have that kind of time in, in our in our podcast. <laughs> All right, yeah. So so so, Julie, tell me a little bit about this. Like we we you've done thousands of performance reviews in the past, and we've consulted about this. Like what when it comes to skills and development, what did you find successful? you know, as you're doing performance reviews, what, what was, what was kind of the talk that you gave? If- yeah. I mean, the talk was to, instead of me giving the feedback, well, obviously I gave the feedback to the employee, but instead of me just saying, this is what I think, this is what I think I want to know from them. What do you think? What do you sure. think you need? Where do you think you can develop more? Mm-hmm. What are your interests? Where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in one year? You know, sometimes when you ask people the five-year question, it becomes really like, oh my gosh, I can't even think, you know, till tomorrow. But if you, or even, even you know, where do you see yourself in six months? Where right. do you want to move up in this company? Right. You know, something, something else that we don't, I, I don't think we do a great job of in HR is looking beyond the skill sets that we hire for yeah. to determine to determine what skill sets that somebody has in addition to what we've hired for. Yeah, that's a really and, good point. And then utilizing those skills to fill leadership positions moving forward. Mm-hmm. So, you know, performance reviews and conversations during performance reviews can really help with that. Yeah, I think the key element too is is praise the skill, right? It, you know, you hired that individual knowing that they could do the job. 
right? So, so praise the skill, but it doesn't mean we can't sharpen it either. You know, Mm -hmm. the, and, and the reality of it is, is, is people desire to upskill or reskill going back to the point of maybe changing jobs in an organization. This is where we really do improve the overall outcome of, of, of not just the job that's being done, but the person Mm -hmm. doing the job. Right. And, and we look at, we look at performance. It's, it's, it's doing right. It's, it's Mm -hmm. doing so we, we can't step aside and, 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 limit our people simply because we just don't want to do the performance reviews, you know, and I, I, I me, Julie, I, I love learning things new. And I think people genuinely love learning new things and it can be exciting. So that that's the other piece of that cultural development as, as employees are moving forward. Go ahead. I think we need to remove, we need to find a way as a profession to remove the stigma of performance reviews for yeah. managers, because a lot of times when we hear performance reviews or when managers hear it, they immediately go to confrontation. And, yep. and the question, the question shouldn't be only what is an employee doing wrong, but mm-hmm. Hey, what are they doing? Right. You it's know, a great segue. It's and, a great point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, I just did so, a segue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's you know, it's it's it, it it's not just about recognizing and rewarding. This is where performance reviews go into your recruiting strategy. Okay, yeah. right. So if an employee is doing well, you know, they're a leader, they're highly productive. Why why not include them in the interview process to give them? Let's say let's say they're a frontline employee. There's nothing wrong with that because what what we do is we coach them and teach them about the interview process. So in the instance that they do want to be a manager one day, when you're having the discussion in the performance review, that's what you're doing. You're you're sharpening and you're teaching a new skill. You know what what skills uh, that are that are soft skills that you mentioned outside of the job that you hired or or hard skills are they portraying and then take that because they're highly productive. They're a great employee and, and transition that into the job requirement and requisition, mm-hmm. right? This is now, this is now no longer a performance review. This is a, this is a recruitment strategy. I, I can tell you want to say something, Jules. No, no, I, I agree. I yeah, agree. It's, yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that we can't, um, you know, that, that we limit it to, uh, you know, we, we don't want to do it. So yeah. I, what's another thing people can consider doing in performance reviews, Jules? I mean, I you hear a lot about peer assessments, but, um, you know, there's pros and cons to peer assessments, especially again, you got to know the culture, you got to know your teams, sure. Sure. whether or not those are going to be effective or whether or not they're going to turn out to be inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, whenever you do a peer assessment, especially if there are high stakes assigned to that peer assessment, you need to make sure that uh, there's a lot of oversight and intentionality behind yeah. the, the why for the peer assessments. Um, yeah. Because I've gotten into, in my career, I've, I've, I've utilized that strategy in, in some, some roles and uh, it ca- sometimes causes more, more harm than good. Let's just put it that way. True. Especially when you have uh, some rifts or some drama amongst teams that maybe HR is not even aware of. Right. So yeah, I would right. definitely say that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good point. The other piece, and it's something we use here at UKG, is it's called a manager effectiveness index. And what's really impressive about this in the performance review process, um, and really we, we do it generally speaking, is it gives the employee a voice to talk about the experiences they've had with their manager. So similar to a peer assessment, and we always talk about 
um, you know, the, the, the positive, how often do our employees come and say, man, I've really had a positive experience with my manager. They're great. Um, you know, hopefully more often than not, but it's also, it gives the employee an anonymous way to go skip level manager, right? So if Mm -hmm. Julie, if you're my manager and I've had a bad experience, or I want to coach you on something that you may, you know, that I may not feel comfortable telling you to your face, it gives me an opportunity to talk about those things. Mm -hmm. So your boss, whoever it is, is saying, Hey, look, this is the feedback your team is giving. Can you tell me a little bit about, um, you know, this situation or this scenario, or have you considered trying to do something this way? Uh, and, and that ultimately that develops you as an individual. And that's, that's ultimately going to trickle down to the employees and really sharpen their experience. Absolutely. Completely agree. Yeah. So, you know, it's also, I mean, there's again, a lot to unpack with these, but you know, when we're looking at them as a whole performance reviews, we got to make sure that we're training managers on the importance of honesty and fairness yeah. and, and backing up their statements with facts rather than opinions. So mm-hmm. that's again, where that, that, tech comes into play, making sure that they have a way, you have a way to track um, performance on an ongoing basis. So you can, if, you know, if you say, oh, you're always late for work. Oh, I am. Well, tell me when I'm late for work. Well, actually I marked down these, you know, five days in the past, you know, six months or whatever Whatever you get, you, yeah, you get, you get the point, you know, having that data I think is invaluable. Um, Even from a compliance perspective, if you do have to make a a take action on, uh, on, on, you know, discipline and that kind of thing. So yeah, we're starting to see the trend, especially in in some of the the states like California, New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio. Those states that are a little bit more regulated. It's really got to be guided feedback based on on fact, right? And, and yeah. that's 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 spot on. So, uh, Julie, I, I, that's a lot of information in 22 minutes. So, <laughs> uh, here's the deal. Let, let's wrap this up today. We found our purpose in performance reviews are not just about the uh, it's actually about the employee's future and really building business continuity. Jules, yeah, agree with that for sure. And you know, performance reviews should should be on a regular cadence. And and if if your company is struggling to find that regular cadence, not pushing these reviews aside as a whole, that's not the way to go. Find something that works for you and your managers. Something is better than nothing. That's right. And then we also found our purpose in performance reviews are for the sake of the company culture you're building, you're developing, you're strengthening your company culture by saying, here is what we are going to do for you and providing something equitable for the employee to reach and target. So your business doesn't suffer and more importantly, the employee thrives. So uh, Julie, Just a few reminders. Here we go. Before we leave, don't forget to like and subscribe and use the hashtag PeoplePurposePod on social media sites like Twitter and LinkedIn. Hey, jump over to the Workforce Institute uh, by UKG and check out the latest blogs and research. You can visit that website at workforceinstitute.org. Julie, always a pleasure. I'm going to see you again tomorrow. We're doing another presentation together live. So I'm really looking forward to it. I look forward to it too. Bye, everybody. Uh,